Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Roto Slappers podcast. As always, your boy TK in the house. And if you're watching on Floor Slappers YouTube, you can see I'm not alone. I got my co-host in the house, Mike Dog. What's good? What's up, buddy? Not too much, man. How are you doing today? How was your weekend? I mean, it was glorious. Nice weather here in Chicago and uh, another football Sunday. Yep, yep, absolutely. Wild fucking weekend, and we will talk about that. And we got our partner in the house, Streets, the face that runs the place. What's going on, baby? Surviving. That's what we're doing. Yeah, Making man. My week here at this point. How was how how was your fantasy weekend? Let's just dive right in. How was your weekend? How are you? Um, and you any injuries? I oh, Mike Dog has got the wrestling index logo. He is, I see he's logged in. What's good, Mike Dog? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, oh that's nice good. Out there. That's fun. That's it was awesome. good. I survived. Yeah. Um, I think I survived this week actually healthy, so that's good. Yeah, and there were that. Michael Pittman yeah. went down, I guess, like and was scratched like a, on Saturday or something. So that that kind of sucks. But the actual games that got played, I think I survived injury wise, so I'm okay. Yeah, so right before we get into that, a little a little bit of quick housekeeping. You can find this podcast, Floor Slippers Podcast, the Wrestling Index Podcast, right here on Floor Slipper Sports, YouTube, FloorSlipperSports.com, and Visionaries Global Media Network, and of course, all major audio platforms. So make sure you're checking out this podcast, those podcasts, and everything else that we do on FloorSlipperSports.com. We got lists, rankings, a bunch of just good fucking content flying off the fucking shelves at you. So make sure... FloorSlipperSports.com. But, fellas, the injury bug. We started off Sunday. Michael Pittman Jr. out. Uh, Keenan Allen was out Thursday night. Alvin Kamara did not play. Obviously, we had Dak out, which was going to fucking lower the um, potential output for CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz also went out. Uh, Trey Lance, potential season-ending injury. So, of oh, all... Yeah, I think, it's, I think it is. He's he's done. Yeah, he yeah. was carted. He's, he was carted off the field. Usually, when you're carted off the field, you're done. So uh, streets <laughs> streets. We can start with you. Uh, then we'll go to Mike. What was the biggest injury? And I mean, you said nothing really affected you, but like, what's what's the biggest takeaway you have here um, with this injury bug from the weekend? Um, I don't. Not nothing. I don't. For me, it didn't hit me that much. Dalton Schultz probably is going to affect me the most. I want to see how this PCL thing kind of plays out. Um, and I definitely, I guess, if Michael Pittman misses any more extended time, it's going to hurt me a ton as he's my most rostered player in every single league. But I just think this is unfortunately the nature of this ugly game at times. And um, I think hopefully some of these injuries aren't too serious. But I think Mike said it in a chat actually a week ago when we were all talking about it, especially about the Pittman thing with what now when you added that extra week on, I think even if guys are just slightly banged up at this point, you might see them miss a game or two now. It's just probably not worth pushing some guys. So do you think that Pittman's going to be back next week? Coach says so. 
Coach says he has a shot. I mean, that's all could coach speak at this point, so we don't know. I guess you have to monitor practice at this point. I, I'm going to hope. Let's just hope. Let's fucking hope because I'm not, a couple shows I am myself. Not, I am not Stefania Bell, nor <laughs> some injury expert. So, unfortunately, I really don't know how bad the quad injury is or can dictate on it. But I can hope that he's back in time. So, Mike, what about you, bro? Any of these injuries bite you this weekend, bite you going forward? Yeah, no, I got a squad that J.K. Dobbins hasn't played yet. Elijah Mitchell is out. Trey Lance is out. Michael Pittman was out. But besides that, things are going great. Uh, See, that has been fortunate, I guess. So it hasn't been. I think the biggest injury. So I mean, so Trey Lance going out could be good for a few guys, Um, like Brandon Ayuk, a guy who I have quite a few shares of. Um, He was a top fifteen wide receiver with Jimmy Jimmy G the last ten weeks of last year. So that could be good for him. Debo's been running the ball. Uh, I mean, been used out of the backfield a little more again this year. So I think IU could ha- uh, be a guy on the rise because of Trey Lance being hurt. Um, you know, Trey Lance being hurt really, really shit on me. I, I expected big fantasy year out of him. With TDP going down um, and Jeff Wilson never making it more than 12 games in a season, I did not put this in the waiver article, but uh, that could, uh, you might see Debo rushing usage increase now too from that. So. And I don't know how many carries he had this past week, but just from what I've seen on red zone, it looked like they were using him out of the backfield. I wouldn't say a lot, but I felt like he was getting pretty equal carries to their running backs. And why would he? Oh, they might have to heavily use him again now out of the backfield. So we'll see. And and anytime you can get the ball in that man's hand, get the ball in that man's hand. But I'd still have been bit by the injury bug. I had Keenan Allen. I didn't even mention Gabe Davis. What's going on with Gabe Davis? Is he going to play next week? You know anything, anything about him or no? I'm going into it hopeful that he's playing. Anytime you get a game time decision, right, and it happens the night of when you don't hear about it, I usually take that as a sign. Well, there's there's a shot that he's playing next week now. When they rule him out Wednesday, it's one of those things where like crap. This could be weeks at this point, but that was a game time thing. So I'm hoping I'm hoping he makes it back. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have him and Keenan Allen in a league that I am hoping to win. It's my favorite dynasty team, my best dynasty team. I'm thinking I got a shot at it this year. And I got Dobbins in a couple leagues. Now, well, if, you, if you do want to, well, if you want to know anything like the other these other situations, like you said with Dobbins and other injury places like that, just probably just stay away from the Ravens' backfield. That's just don't even go down that road. Unless J.K. Dobbins is playing, just don't even. Kenyon Drake, baby. Whew. But yeah, like I said, just stay away from that backfield. Yeah, Kenyon Drake got 0.8 points. They were <laughs> pounding Mike Davis on the goal line. He couldn't seem to fucking punch the ball in. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, get, I get what you're saying there. And I do have Dobbins in a couple of leagues. One league that I actually just dropped, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on this before we move on. I don't want to talk too deeply on it. But what's your thoughts on leaving a league if certain things, if, if there are bad trades – and a horrible fucking commissioner. Do you look at just, this? Do the you just get up? Here we go. It's the first, yeah. the first episode. Here. Let's fucking <laughs> fantasy police it up. So we had a trade, and hindsight doesn't look so bad. First trade of the season, Tua for CD Lamb right after the draft. That's as bad as it gets. Again, hindsight, maybe not so bad with Dak going down and the way Tua played. Still, you had the you had the guy who was t- taking pick 24 for a guy who wasn't fucking drafted. Yeah, I'll still take Lamb 10 out of 10 times. Right. Next, what the commissioner decides to do on this week, 
the Camaro owner couldn't fucking substitute him out or couldn't figure out a substitute him out. So what the fucking commissioner does, he doesn't substitute him out before the fucking game. He takes him out at 2 fucking 30 p.m. during the game. What the fuck? He's not playing me. doesn't matter. But doesn't that set an awful precedent? What if it's playing against me week eight of the season? Fucking week 14, a playoff game. You're just going to fucking take a fucking guy out of the lineup? And then I saw just an awful, awful fucking trade, dude, right afterwards. Jonathan Thomas and Debo Samuel for Devontae Adams and David Montgomery. And I said the, the guy, and he's not even a guy, dude. I'm embarrassed to even fucking say it. It's a fucking paid fucking league, dude. You pay 50 bucks for this league. It's a fucking, he's got his 10-year-old fucking nephew in it. He's the one who made the awful CD Lamb trade. I told him to boot the fucking kid then. All right, teach him how to play outside of fucking playing with men, okay? And then this fucking trade. And I'm like, it's fucking enough, dude. You're fucking letting a 10-year-old fuck your league. Fuck your fat fucking ass, dude. And I fucking left. So what do you guys think about that? I think well, you said, I think you said enough. <laughs> look, I'm all for teaching the young kids how to play fantasy football, but you teach them in a league with other like kids how to play fantasy football, right? And it's not a high stakes league where you're asking everybody to what is it, $150 pot or something like that? Um, yeah, it's nothing. Not super high stakes, but I mean that's still that's still money. 150 bucks is still not ten dollars. It's three. It's so. fucking no. It's like five hundred dollars <laughs> so, to the winner, dude. Five hundred, one hundred. And I don't so, care if it's fucking ten dollars or a dollar or fucking five hundred dollars. It's the principle of the fucking matter. Oh no, it just adds to it though. So now you have a lot of money on top of this, and now you, you first off you can't switch players after the game had started. Like, I don't put a rule in place or something then before the season maybe where like everyone has to have a legal roster or a startable roster. And then you penalize the team that doesn't do it some way, but it doesn't mean you just go in there with your commissioner tools and start adjusting things around to change the outcome of it. And then you, and then yeah, the Now I got to ask about this, this set, this last trade though. Was this the, um, did he get like the tool time, Jonathan Thomas? Or did he get like the target? <laughs> I wasn't gonna call him out, but I heard it. I heard it. Yeah. Uh, oh, did I call him Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Well, uh, you didn't even say Taylor. Taylor. You just skipped it and went to Thomas. So, but. oh fuck, yeah, my bad. You should have called me out, dude. No, I was heated about this shit, dude. I was. But fucking, yeah, that's a bad trade. Yeah, a horrible trade. How you could say what Debo and Devontae are even? I mean, you, even. Could, you could argue one side or the other, but even. pretty even, I guess. You're gonna put it at that point, and then you're. David Montgomery for Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Yeah, that's yeah, funny. Yeah, three strikes. And who, yeah. So who got John, the other It, it could have been, I don't know, did some Matt, fucking other. Did he, did, okay. No, I don't know. Some other guy in the fucking league, dude. It was fucking <sighs> stupid ass shit, dude. I should have booted, or I should have left before the season started. I didn't want to join, stay in that league. I should have left, and then after fucking. When the two CD trade was legit, I don't like vetoes either, but when that trade went through and it turned out to not be some joke uh that probably would have been the telltale sign that i'm probably done with this league yeah i saw a good i saw a good tweet today the guy said something along the lines of if a trade needs to be vetoed it's you know if the trade's so bad it needs to be vetoed then one of the fantasy managers needs to be probably thrown out of the league and if you don't agree with it that bad then you should probably leave and i was like Thank you, guy who I don't know with 1,200 people liking this fucking tweet because I did. I took my Josh Allen 
CMC, Dobbins, Michael Thomas, Sutton, Mark Andrews have an ass fucking team and fucking dipped. And let me tell you, that was a fucking team, dude. And I wasn't happy leaving it behind. Well, kudos. I'm glad you you took a stand and you laid down. At least nobody spent $50 on quarterbacks to try to block you from. I'm just going to say that you knew the commissioner before you got in that league, so you're a pussy for leaving. <laughs> yeah, but I also thought the commissioner had fucking a set of balls on him to fucking if shit Why? Was... Whatever, whatever made you think that of him? I never thought that. Never once. Never one time did I ever think, oh, that man's got balls. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Before, before the death. <laughs> All right, let's get back to some fantasy for the people. Fantasy police. For, fantasy right. for the Do we want to talk about how the guy spent $50 to cuck Mike out of quarterbacks, or do we not want to talk about that before? Sure, about let's it? talk about it. Yeah. So I play in a league with real free agent budget. Real money, people. Decent amount of money in this league. Um. And it's a friend league. I mean, friend in quotes, I suppose. It's all guys we grew up with or around the, the town I grew up in. And um, I had a friend try to spend $75 to take every quarterback because Dak got hurt for me this year. And he's not even playing you, I should add. He tried to get three. He's only allowed to get two. Our bids go through on Wednesday. Our second round of bids go on Saturday. By Saturday, he already dropped one. Oh, boy. Spent all well, that money. Yeah, but, you know, hey, he wants the big shot in fantasy. Shout out to him. I'm just going to call him uh, Mr. Big Shots. We want to know as money, money, money bags. Let's call him money bags. Money bags. Bag. Money, money bags. bags. Money bags. Yeah, that was that was a fun league. I, I enjoyed that's playing definitely, it. When I used uh, to play in that league. That's Bush. That's that's no. That's Bush League right there for sure. But what he did was definitely some fucking pussy shit. Sorry for my for my language, but again, if you got me on here talking, you know the language is coming. But let's get things. Let's get the train back on the train tracks, all right? As my man Jelly Roll would say, let's get the let's get this thing back on them train tracks, all right? I know Mike likes that reference. And let's get into some studs and duds. If you're watching, I got the sheet pulled up. We had some crazy, crazy numbers this week. Big ass quarterback numbers. Not so many huge running back weeks. Huge wide receiver weeks. So let's just let's just get right into it. Miami, you had Tua to. Tyreek Hill, Tua, the Jalen Waddle. What do you guys want to talk about? Streets, like what stood out to you, bro? About them? Yeah, sure. About them. Anything. Uh, there was a lot that went down. I yeah, I don't. I mean, they're good for Tua. I mean, they're gonna be good. I maybe not this week, and they might have some ups and downs on their road, but it seems like Tua can get both those guys to football. And if you can get both those guys to football, good things are probably going to happen for your offense. Both guys are elite playmakers. And if he so far looks like he could support both. So um, any of those doubts that people had taking a hill or a waddle within your first four rounds of a pick at this point, looks like it's going to pan out for you. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Anyone on this list stick out to you? Um. Are we talking about receivers? Because I want to say Amon Ra St. Brown is probably the best wide receiver no one talks about. Um, through the last six weeks and the first two weeks of this this year, he's just exploded in monster, monster, ridiculous numbers. And I'll say I didn't have him at all last year, and he beat me in a championship game. And instead of being bitter, 
about certain guys when they beat you in a title game. I said, that's a guy I want in the future. And I am loaded up on Amon Ross St. Brown. I think I have him in five of my nine leagues. So, ah, oh, you want this whole list. I thought you wanted me to talk about the Dolphins that entire time. I was like, okay. Yeah, no. Some, oh, yeah, some duds. Talk, uh, talk, no, talk about your studs first, <laughs> then we'll move to the duds. Or studs, talk, that's what I yeah, meant. Talk but yeah, about, so. Talk about whoever the fuck you want to talk about, man. Stephon Diggs. <laughs> so if there was, I think, my early revision of the top 200, the, fir- the very first one that broke out, the 120 that never got finished, the funny, sadly, but we ended up just pushing 200 out instead. But the once, the very first episode, I think, of the 120, I think Stefan Diggs came in at number 13, or, or, uh, and I had him almost at 12, almost as a first-round pick. Um, there was, like, every metric on planet Earth screamed that Stefan Diggs was probably a top four wide receiver last year in fantasy football. And he was due for some quite the positive regression this year. So the early results are awesome to see. And it looks like he is definitely in store for a big season. So that was fun to see. Um, I love seeing the early breakout. I know it's, it's early and it's only been two weeks, um, but Drake London has almost made Kyle Pitts vanish into nothing at this point now. And has consumed almost a 38% target share of the Atlanta offense at this point. Um, and the crazy part about Drake London is his metrics scream out that he's even better than what he's put up so far this year. He's probably being held back a little bit by quarterback play. Um, so, yeah, a couple. You mean, you mean Mariota's not good? Eh, I mean, he's he's he actually been started this next week, so he better. So, no, 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 hold on. He's actually been serviceable in fantasy because he runs a little bit, uses those legs a little bit. Eh. So, I, I'm just saying, in fantasy, he's been more of a service. I think in real life is what I'm referring to, that he kind of <laughs> is a little hindered out there uh, and kind of holds that offense back a little bit. But I yeah, just want to say that I, uh, I listened to a podcast um, before the season started, and they were listening to some great numbers. Um, and they they were big on Stefan Diggs, and they hyped up that he had gotten 330 targets the, the last two years, which is monstrous. Shout out to that podcast, Floor Slapper Sports, doing their thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought I heard someone like Mike Dog say that before. Good shout. Good shout. But yeah, Diggs starting off the year hot, hot. 270 yards receiving four touchdowns in two games. I mean, that's fucking nasty. And Mike, to, Mike to what you were saying, they're calling uh, Amon Ron St. Brown. They're saying he could be the Cooper Cup of this year. Maybe not um, with all of those numbers, but he is that league winner. So if you got him on your team, you could be looking to win leagues. So. He might have been very undervalued. Like, so. He probably should have gone earlier than he did. I think the so if you he was a steal so far, probably the biggest steal you might have gotten. Whereas ADP kind of lines in at right now. Yeah, I just traded a date or right before the season started. I traded him for David Montgomery in a dynasty league, and I am not feeling fucking good about that at all at this point. <laughs> I mean, David Montgomery is getting you know the bulk share of everything. I, just, I saw a tweet earlier. I shared it with you guys. I mean, he's getting. 54%. He's got like 54% of the Bears total offense or something. I don't have the tweet in front of me. My phone died. But he's like 33% of our receptions. It, it he's running the ball really really hard. Running backs in general and let's talk about that before we get into the duds. We had a couple of good running back performances. Nick Chubb balled out this week 32 points. Aaron Jones at 32 points. Tony Pollard almost 20 points and that's about it from the running backs. We haven't <laughs> we haven't seen Woo. 
We haven't seen a running back go back-to-back 17-point games this year, which is awful. In the top, I think, 20 total fantasy football players right now, you don't see a running back yet. Now, granted, at this time last year, we were we were talking about that as well. Jonathan Taylor was, I think, 17th overall, and that he just, like, snapped and went off. So they, we got time. But is this draft that running back strategy really still the way to be going in 2022? It depends on what you mean by draft that running back strategy. So, um, you know, first round running back, that's a big thing that a lot of you, you're drafting six, seven first round running backs. Most. Yeah. I, th- I still think by the end of the year, it pans out. Right. Cause volume is still to me, the king of fantasy football in a sense. Sure. So by the end of the season, I think these guys that some like Jonathan, like Jay, like Jonathan, he almost made me say Jonathan Thomas. Now look at that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like by the end of the year, Jonathan Taylor, he's going to be fine. Um, so a lot of these guys, if the volume is there and they stay healthy, are going to be fine. So I, st- I still think it's it's still obviously the mo- most viable tra- draft method is still getting that running back with heavy volume early on uh, that you're not going to find anywhere else or later in the draft. I think it's just two weeks in. And it's Let's just, just funky stuff. Yeah, there you go. You're just going to see some funky stuff. There's no doubt about it. Aaron Jones just got lucky that he played the Bears. And listen, it's not about <laughs> it's not about the top end guys. The top end. It's a it's a passing league now. We all know that. But it's what's the difference of your first and second round running backs and your tenth and twelfth round running backs as opposed to dimes in the rough. Like I mean, Amon Ron St. Brown wasn't going that low, but he was going fifth, sixth round. You know what I'm saying? There's deeper positions. There's wide receivers. I mean, you got to think 30 teams go three wide nowadays. There's 90 receivers that potentially have, you know, and that's just not even including fourth and fifth guys that come up and, you know, streets down here will find you double-digit points out of a receiver any week on the waiver wire, any single fucking week. We should have made that a segment, by the way. We should have we had you give us one guy a week and watch him get a, a double-digit every week. That should be a segment. <clears throat> we'll have to we'll have to institute that next week for sure. We could probably do that. Yeah. So then other other studs will run through. Christian Kirk, another bomb ass week, uh, almost twenty six points. Omari Cooper showing that he can put up numbers with Jacoby Brissett, and then Drake he London. Played the, well, he like played he, the Jets. Hey, he still had twenty five points, one hundred and one <laughs> receiving yards, and a touchdown. So he had a he had a nice showing there. Look, here's the thing: Omari Cooper still gonna. I'm not gonna play him for a long yeah. time because the. As good as that was, don't get me wrong, it was a good showing versus the Jets. Like, that is going to be 25 points. I could see him putting up two points this week again. Next week, 18 points. Next week, three points. It's going to be one of those things. It's going to drive you nuts until Deshaun Watson gets back. Yeah, I can see it for sure. Uh, looking at some duds on the other side. Quarterback, I know Mike loves this, but Tom Brady had a shitty game. 11 is, points. Uh, is he Russell- toast, Mike? Is he? <laughs> I'm not the one that said that. The biggest Brady fan here, Michigan fan, is the one that said that. Not me. He, he I was just trying to get some juju out of it. Yeah. Hopefully, he, gets he didn't. He, he didn't have that bad of a game. If you looked at, if you actually watched the game itself, he had a bad fantasy game. Well, you've but, been watching his football. Is the football coming out of his hands? Is it still hard and crisp? And yes, yeah, he's, he's throwing the ball just fine, dude. Yeah, it's not right. He might not have the best fantasy game here. But, you know, again, like I said, when we were talking about it on watching Red Zone, he hit Mike Evans for a 40-yard pass, a dime right in his chest. Should have been pass interference. Lattimore was all over his ass. 
you know, there's 40 yards right there. I'm not, again, it, it doesn't make a big difference. He had a shitty game, but he is not done by any means. I didn't but, see the same thing. I seen him miss some passes. I seen him throw some in the dirt. I seen him get happy feet back there. So the line's definitely a little bit. That line is definitely a little iffy. It's not. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and fucking make excuses for him, but the line's definitely banged up. And who is he, so throw, the virus, yeah, the who is he throwing the ball to? So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Mike Evans? Yeah, right. Mike Evans is fine, dude, but Lattimore did a great he, job. I'm sorry. Him. I know. I know. He needs more. He needs more. I think Brady is has looked just fine in his first two weeks. Fantasy-wise, not good Mike here. Evans isn't good enough. Mike fucking Evans. Not good enough. If I were to do, we don't not gonna do a catch buy. Fournette, not good enough. I no, agree though. If sir. we were gonna do a buy low type thing, if we were gonna do buy or sell, I probably I try to go. If I if I like I did lose Dak, I might actually throw some flyers out there and see if I can pull Brady in that league that I lost Dak in. Oh yeah, I'm not saying you know he's gonna be the best fantasy quarterback going forward. I'm just saying he's not like Peyton Manning was in Peyton Manning's final season where he couldn't throw a fucking ball. He still yeah. got some juju behind his arm. I guess you missed the AFC Championship game where he tore it up with threads against the Patriots. <laughs> as a matter of fact, three and one versus that guy in the AFC Championship. Oh boy, we're gonna it, go. It doesn't Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning went out as a champion. Champion. No champion who couldn't throw the ball, but I digress. Again, you don't watch football. You must have missed that AFC title game. I must have. I missed it. Fantasy was over, so I was done. (laughs) All right, so we'll we'll keep it. We'll keep it with the duds. Uh, I mean, Rashad Penny really stood out here. One point five points altogether. The running backs altogether. I could have made a list of like twenty running backs, and it would have been nonstop. I like to cut it off before I go to double digits, but some pretty big names on this list didn't do anything, and. You got yeah you. <laughs> I, I fucking don't see Jonathan Taylor. Did I just call him fucking man? I'm all fucking sort mess up. I don't see fucking uh, Jonathan Taylor on here. I yeah, I was gonna say a, there's a couple other uh, dudes that looked like yeah. you missed on this too. Yeah, uh, I don't know what, Derek Henry. I, I, I typed. I, I yeah, I didn't do the Monday night games on here. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. But I did do. I definitely fucking typed Jonathan Taylor on here. I don't know why I didn't say. It. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor only had like seven points. I think like seven point four points. I want to say. Not 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 good games from a lot of these guys. So what what stood out to you guys here? You talk about running backs, wide receivers. Not a whole lot. I mean, I'm not. Obviously, we saw some duds that get thrown in there. Um, you're still gonna play these guys, right? Your first round guys, like we just talked about, Taylor, Henry, uh, Delvin Cook, um, even. So these other guys, though, this is just going to be par for the course. I think Zeke, um, I did not put him in my sit because I don't want to use the same guy two weeks in a row, but I would probably not play Zeke again at this point. I don't know when I would play Zeke again. Um, like, I need to see something. What he, like it's kind of, It's getting a little nerve-wracking now with him. We saw the numbers when uh, with that – certain linemen in and certain linemen out that he kind of put up. And it's definitely kind of scary um, that that line is that banged up and missing some key pieces. Um, and the numbers are all lining up to how he looked when they were out before. It's not good. And now Dak is out. So it's like, okay, can't use Zeke. Chase Edmonds, well, hasn't looked that great either. I know he's a pass catching back, and that's going to be his cup of tea. And I still think at the end of PPR leagues, he's going to be fine. But Raheem Mostert, 
while healthy, although that's a huge if because he could never stay healthy ever. Um, probably is going to eat into some of those carries now each week, um, which will, which makes Chase Edmonds probably a little bit more uh, volatile than he did once was because he's not going to have the the rushing output that he once had. So yeah, there is definitely some some scary things on there. But when you're drafting these guys, whether you're drafted them, you kind of you kind of knew the risk that comes with it, right? These like you didn't. You didn't spend the top four pick on most of these guys. Well, some people did on Zeke. Um, but some of these other guys, you did not. So you kind of weighed out the risk-reward factor there. I took right. uh, I took Chase Edmonds pretty high. I'll say James Conner wouldn't be a dud to me. He got hurt. And yeah, that's... Wrong, he, he wasn't cooking. But once that Cardinals offense was cooking, believe me, he would have ate. <laughs> yeah, I can't I Connor, def, the injury bug play there plays a big, big part of for sure. He's going to eat on that team for sure. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how long he's out. Yeah, I watched the game. He wasn't doing very much before, so I, I threw I, him up on, on this list. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's true. I, I mean, I think Benjamin and Williams, I'm sure they're on your list for waivers. They they started playing pretty nice. I don't know William. I don't know why Williams was so low on a lot of people's lists. He did really well in Kansas City when he got time to play there. Yeah. And he'd probably are going to play well again if uh, James Conner misses any time. That's kind of what he is. I just don't know what kind of workload he can shoulder. All right. Yeah, that wraps, so, that's about it for the running backs for me. Do you have anything else you want to talk about with, with duds before we go on to waivers? Wide receiver duds? Put that list back up. Let's see. Who do you got? Let me see. Darnell Mooney. Puke. I don't think I don't know how you could use him right now. Um, any, any chief wide receiver, puke can't. That is going to be hard all year. Yeah, that's going to be tough to, to really pick a chief wide I receiver. Still, I still, I still think I still think you got to ride out the first few weeks, and one will, one will prevail and be a bigger play in that offense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's not drop any of the chief wide receivers yet, but you could drop Sky Moore probably. Yeah. That's yeah. Touche. Yeah, there's yeah, not so, too much. Jerry Judy got hurt also though. Yeah, he um, did early. Yeah. So that one doesn't bother me or doesn't worry me as well. The the injury would worry me more than the output did. DK isn't <laughs> You don't like Gino? I, so I think Gino in games that they can stay in, Gino's probably fine. Um, like a game manager type quarterback, uh, kind of like we saw week one almost. So I think he can, and that's when I, I kind of think you'll see the rebounds from like a Rashad Penny, uh, or even a Kenneth Walker at that point too. But yeah, it's tough if they get into a shootout or have to pass the ball a lot. Not sure. I like it. You know, damn well that they, that team Pete Carroll at this point just wants to run the football. They, their game plan might be what the Bears have been done for the last two weeks. Well, they might need it because <laughs> it, they didn't do very much uh, against San Francisco on Sunday. So that's your uh, studs and duds. Let's get into your waiver targets. You can also find this on floorsleppersports.com. Start with the quarterback position. Who you got from the quarterback streets? Who you picking up? This week... I am picking up Jared Goff. Um, 
6.8% rostered across the SPN league still. Two touchdowns week one, four touchdowns in week two. Um, look, Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift are the real deal. There's no doubt about it, right? These are two elite-level playmakers. Um, he's locked in on Amon Ra. He's locked in on Amon Ra, just like Matthew Stafford's locked in on Cooper Cup at this point. Like, it's, it's a nice relationship they have at that point. And then also, if we're going to look at it this way, going into this week, that defense has given up a lot of yards the last two weeks. Um, and I think they're going to give up a lot of yards again this Sunday. So I think Jared Goff's going to have to pass the ball quite a bit. Um, so I think he's definitely a viable streaming option. So that is somebody that I would probably prioritize on the waiver wire this week. And obviously Jimmy Garoppolo comes in next. He's back on the radar as a, as a good old QB two. got too many weapons there. Just like before though, you know how that system works and there's going to be days they just run the living piss out of the football and Jimmy G might only throw 18 passes that game. So, you got to pick your spots wisely as usual with Jimmy G, but he's back on the streaming radar. All right. All right. And then you got deeper leagues, Marcus Mariota or Geno Smith, but Godspeed. Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really is Godspeed. The matchup is there for both of them to have a decent week. Um, more of like a stable floor type week. Don't expect much big to come out of that, but. The matchup's there, and these are deeper. I mean, we're talking deeper leagues at this point again, though, right? So, if you're if you're in a two, like nobody's left in a two QB league though at this point. But if you're in a fourteen team league or a twelve team team league where one guy likes to hoard four quarterbacks, then you might not have no choice but to stream with some of these guys. So, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. All right, your running back list. Who are you picking up, uh, running backs? Well, I'm gonna. I would. This is tough. So, the zero RB guys out there um, that are just looking for that firecracker at this point that they keep just dumpster diving, trying to find. At this point, I think I would probably prioritize Jordan Mason um, with TDP shelf. Mason's going to be the number two running back. Well, the last two years, Jeff Wilson in limited time out there just hasn't looked that good either. Um, and he gets banged up a lot. He's injured a lot. So I don't think he can shoulder a workload either. Now, we told you earlier there's a good chance Debo's going to consume a crap ton of that uh, crap ton of rushes there. But I do think that they're a door just open for Jordan Mason and could be a fun story if he pans out. Now, I did not include this in the waiver thing because I didn't want to get too deep into this and make it some long thing to read. But – uh, the rumor actually in camp and in practice is that Jordan Mason was actually better than TDP in every aspect. But he was an undrafted signee. TDP had draft capital. So TDP was going to get the opportunity regardless over Jordan Mason first due to that fact. But like I said, the rumor was from everyone that saw it, Jordan Mason looked better than him in every single aspect. So keep that in mind, too, when you make this move. Now, it might not work, obviously. It might not pan out. But it's just hard to see Jeff Wilson becoming some 20-touch running back. It really is. I just don't see it. I don't think he can shoulder it. And 
And if he does become a 20 touch, 20 carry running back for one week or two weeks, he's going to, he'll probably get nicked up and hurt too. But yeah. So Jordan Mason would be the guy that I prioritize. Okay. All right. And then anyone else you like that Arizona backfield? Yeah. I like both. Now, if you need a, like a weekend, like a week fill in or this or that, or, um, Kamara's out, you got to find someone to use. Or if you just lost James Conner, for instance, uh, Daryl Williams or Eno Benjamin at this point, it's not clear who's going to, they might just split it kind of based on what we saw after Connor went down last week. Um, both might get 10 carries a piece. Both might see a few targets a piece. You, you, we just might not know which running back's going to score this week out of the two, but I think both will be used if Connor's out um, and both should get a decent workload. I just don't know how long Connor's out. So Cool, cool. Yeah. And I'm, obviously I gave you the notables like the Kissick should not have dropped below the 40 to 50% threshold, but he did. And I'm guessing it's because of that week one dud that he did do it. Look, McKissick, you got to know what you're getting, right? He's a PPL running back. He's a receiving specialist and that's all he does. The, the, the commanders are going to have to be in a lot, a lot of throwing situations in that game from McKissick to provide you what you're looking for. But when it happens, He's going to give you 12 to 14 PPR points. That's just kind of what it is. And then I gave you Raheem Mostert was 51% on when I looked. So he was 1% off of qualifying. But because he was only 1% off of qualifying, I'm going to, I added him to that list because if he is, look, we saw that offense can go at times with Tua and those two wide receivers. And if Raheem Mostert is going to consume a 12, a 10 to 12 carry with a couple targets a week, uh, roll on this offense and look decent at it, he could provide also some flex points for you. So I had to note him in there. Yeah, that makes sense for sure, bro. Uh, what about a wide receiver? Who do you got? I would probably – so this week, actually, overall at this point, I think I prioritize Sterling Shepard almost as crazy as that sounds. And I'll use the joke that I used in the article, but Kenny Galladay is just basically on a milk carton at this point. I don't even. I think he was on the field for like a snap last week, and it might. It could be more than that. And I'm exaggerating, but he really was not on the field at all. And I don't think they're gonna. I don't think he's part of that game plan. I don't think they're gonna use him. Um, it just hasn't panned out there for him. You have Kadarius Tony. Uh, obviously, there's some hope for him there, but that's also a little. He gets banged up a lot. He's not proven either. The one guy that stands out so far after two weeks. Is, is good old Rusty on that offense. He's been good old Rusty for them. Um, is Sterling Shepard, win healthy. Um, had a good week one, targeted 10 times again last week. I get it, results aren't there, but still, if you're going to see 10-plus targets, the results will come eventually, um, even if you have an inefficient offense. Uh, most weeks, the results are going to be better than what he put out at least at that point. So at this point, I think I'd probably prioritize Sterling Shepard, if Keenan Allen sets to miss any more time, um, Josh Palmer would be the next guy in line for me. He kind of takes the number three. I guess he tied Garrett, Gerald Everett, I think, in targets targets here last week. Uh, I don't have that note, but I'm pretty sure he might have. Um, but, yeah, so anyone who's third in target share under Justin Herbert probably should be used in that, in that game because we know how that offense can go. Um, and he had a good week, too, last week. And then you just got to look for some injuries at this point. So if Rondell Moore comes back, obviously 
we might that might be the end of Greg Dortch. But if Rondell Moore is out, probably can use him again. Same goes for Michael Gallup and Noah Brown. Um, and obviously, I don't know who's playing on Tampa Bay at this point and who's going to suit up. Uh, we know Mike Evans isn't. We know Chris Godwin isn't. Russell Gage is banged up. He played last week. Did not look that good. Um, I don't know if Julio Jones is going to suit up this week. At this point, it, it, Russell Gage and Rashad Perryman might be Tom Brady's top two targets going into this week. That's, no weapons. <laughs> that's just probably that's about as bad as the Bears. Hey, might have and left. this week's weapons affected last week's game, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. As I say this, I'm just chuck- chuckling because I knew he was going to say something. <laughs> but yeah, that that's not good. Brady didn't sign up for that. He signed up for Godwin Evans and right. He signed Brady. up for fucking easy loaded team. <laughs> He's 45 years old. Kind of starting to look like Skeletor. <laughs> well, maybe if he cared stack, about man. football as much as he cared about plastic surgery in the offseason. Hey, look, but. if you could afford plastic surgery, go for it. Sure. <clears throat> it's not like there's not like other months of the year. Let's wait till like mid-August to get it done. Good times. All right, Streets. Let's wrap <laughs> these waiver wire targets up. Who do you got at the tight end spot, bro? I'm like a broken record at this point with Gerald Everett. Still only 30% rostered, and I feel like it's personal at this point. Um, <laughs> people are doing it on purpose now and saying, nah, screw that streets, idiot. Um, but look at it. 17% target share under Justin Herbert. That's that's going to keep him in the TE1 fringe range for me. It's I'd like a 20. Like, it's like you said, I think I said Kelsey's at a 22%. So, yeah, I'd like to see more of like an 18, 19, 20% target share. But the thing is, in Justin Herbert's Chargers offense, a 17% target share is still better than a lot of these tight ends out there. He's also being looked at in the red zone, um, which is a, a great sign already. Um, that should continue. I kind of figured that would, even though that whole – he was pooped on that play and tried to get subbed out. Never happened. He tried to throw the ball back to him. I saw that little debacle too, but it was right after he just made a big play. Um, so I do expect that he'll go back to him again come next week in the red zone. Now I should note that he also had a 22% target share last week with Keenan Allen out. So uh, must start if Keenan Allen's out also. <laughs> Logan Thomas back from the dead. Uh, we saw the stats increase from week one to week two. His only downfall there is obviously that they now have three really good wide receivers. Um, like three, like that is an impressive trio of weapons that Carson Wentz has, and it showed so far this season, having Scary Terry, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dotson out there. Like that is a, like that's what I wish Justin Fields had as a Bears fan. Like something like that out there. Like that's nice to have. So he does, there's a lot of mouths to feed there. Um, but look, if you're going to be on the field a lot, with the, that means a lot of attention with those guys. That means a lot of attention is going to go to those wide receivers. Um, so Logan Thomas is going to get his open looks here and there. He'll make a play. If, if he's on the field, the big play will happen with him. So it's good to see him back. Obviously, we, we talked to good Lord, poor Joe Burrow at this point. But Hayden Hurst is another guy that I do like. Um, He's tied for sixth and actually wide receiver targets through two weeks, seven in week one, nine in week two. But right now, unfortunately, some of the times uh, he's either blocking for Burrow and he's becoming like a bailout for Burrow, who's just getting killed, literally killed out there at this point. 
So if that line can shore up just a little bit, and I'm guessing that it will, and that offense will get moving at some point. I do like Hayden Hurst moving forward. And I did give you the notables on this one. Tyler, as long as as long as Conklin is the only tight end that suits up, or the out of the two for the Jets this week, he's another one that I would say I would start also. Um, he had nine targets last week, seven in week one. That's a pretty good workload. So if you're streaming tight end, that's another guy I like. Obviously, Evan Ingram. We know Doug Peterson likes to use a tight end, likes to feature the tight end. It's a big part of his game plan. Uh, we saw Evan Ingram get eight targets last week. It's another guy for kind of desperate at this point. You could probably stream also. Deeper leagues, Juwan Johnson. That's another converted wide receiver to tight end. Um, this one, I don't know if I could start him really at this point, but the targets are worth monitoring. They've been there for two weeks. So this is somebody that if you have a roster spot, kind of struck like a little thin at tight end. You only have one if you want at this point. He might be worth a stash. See if that move, if anything happens moving forward. And for the casual fantasy fans out there, who is Jawan Johnson? Oh, he's on the Saints. Sorry. Yeah, I should have put that on there. But, yeah, Jawan Johnson is on the Saints. The only Jawan Johnson I can ever think of is the center from Purdue. He had no NBA career, but he was hella <laughs> fucking good in college. But uh, I digress. Thank you, Streets. That was a fucking hell of a breakdown, bro. So you need waivers. You got injuries. You need bench spots. Look to the list, flourcybersports.com, week three, waiver targets. Listen to what Streets just told you. Get Gerald Everett, or he's really going to be taking it personal next week when we're on here, and he's only like 42% owned, and he still has to put him on this list. But, gentlemen, before we get out of here, let's run down <laughs> some start sits for the week. We'll start at the quarterback position. We'll work our way, our way around. We'll start with sits, or we'll start with start, and then we'll go with sit. Mike Dog, we'll start with you at your quarterback position. Who are you starting? Who are you sitting? Um, quarterback, very deep position. I think it's uh, I think how about this, Kirk Cousins? It's hard to hype Kirk Cousins the day after we watched him play in a primetime game. I'll just say that, but this week. He's not playing on prime time. So uh, the, the Detroit Lions been giving up. They've been in a lot of shootouts. Kirk Cousins, very good start this week. Two and eight, I think he is in prime time games, Kirk Cousins. I think he's, I think he's two and ten. <laughs> two and I ten, think, is that what it is? I think, oh, I, think I, I think it's read two it earlier. and ten, dude. It's fucking it's bad. It's even worse. It's on Jay, Jay <laughs> Cutler hey, level of bad. How, how about being one of those two teams? <laughs> we're a bad organization a really really bad organization i do like cousins so they to rebound this week so all right streets who you got starting at quarterback uh we went over it in waivers but not to repeat myself but jared goff i'm gonna start this week also same game could it uh-oh Oh, I just we might have just jinxed that game. But I was gonna call it might be a fantasy palooza. Fantasy palooza. <laughs> that's a that's a new one. I've never heard that one before. Just points all over. I Jeff, think well, Detroit, Detroit is Swift. the Hook. highest Every- scoring team in the NFC, and they are 
the second highest scoring team in all of the NFL to only Buffalo by one point. Now the final score will be 10, three. Oh, just drinks it. But, but yeah, no, Jared Goff for sure. We went kind of covered it in that one. So if I had him, I'd start, I'd start him over. I probably, I might start, a, I'd start him over Aaron Rodgers. He's yeah. not my sit, but I'd start him over Aaron Rodgers this week. So if you have to make that decision. And for my start, I went super meaty after all of the numbers. So statistically speaking, Justin Fields has thrown and completed less passes than anyone since the year 2000, I believe. And that is why I believe against the Houston Texans at home, Justin Fields is going to fucking have a game on Sunday. Three touchdown passes. He'll throw for like 245 yards. It's not going to be nothing crazy. And he's going to get like 70 yards rushing. He'll have a nice productive game. I could have went with like Cousins or Carr. I think those are definitely nice starts this week. I wanted to go a little lower on that totem pole. Justin Fields, big time bounce back game. Start him over guys like Aaron Rodgers. If you need a Dak replacement, put him in your lineup this week. Do you start him over Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> Listen, I like the fucking meathead appeal and go Bears, but I'll, I'll say this as a guy who watched Lovey Smith for years and years, he's going to make that rookie, you know, that young quarterback confused with that cover two. And uh, I, I, I don't, I think, I think that could be our 10 3 game this week is the Texans Bears. You know, first one to 10 wins. <laughs> You're taking away my heat, man. You're taking away my fucking my, my hopes and my dreams right here. I'm thinking Fields is going to have a monster game. Not because there's any evidence that's going to fucking show that. <laughs> just because I think it's – Yo, you don't think like that the Bears know all the fucking heat they're getting about Justin Fields? He's only, he's only attempted 28 passes so far through two games. That's fucking crazy, man. So I think they go out there. They will run the ball, but they will pass the ball. Three touchdowns, 240 yards, 55 yards on the ground. Justin Look at Fields. Bears. Bears Boom. win. Boom. Let's go. All right. Mike, who you got sitting at the quarterback position? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. I have Aaron Rodgers sitting at the Tampa Bay defense. The Tampa Bay defense is blazing. It is uh, really good up front. And I, uh, I mean, is Aaron Rodgers getting, you know, Bakhtiari back this week? We don't know yet still. So I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is a guy to sit this week. Streets? I'm sitting Tua this week. After his big week, his breakout performance, just an unreal fantasy week for Tua. Now he runs into Buffalo. And it's a completely different story for him this week. I get it. He has two of the maybe the two of the best weapons out of all quarterbacks in the NFL at this point. But this is this is this is way too hard of a matchup for me. So I'm going to sit two of this week. Can't wait for this game. Game of the week for sure. I'm very very excited for it. But my sit of the week at the quarterback position is going to be a guy who had a pick six against the New Orleans Saints. He might not quarterback so well, but he had that pick six on defense. I'm going to sit Tom Brady against the Green Bay Packers defense at home. As I said earlier, he doesn't have many people to throw to. You got Jair Alexander on the other side is going to lock down whoever he's going to try to – 
Brady's going to try to focus in on. I think the Packers are going to win that game. Sit Tom Brady. Do not play him. Also, yeah, Rashad Perriman might be his number one wide receiver. Yeah, that's a that's a problem. That's a problem. Although I would ha- in our auction, they got happily start Rashad Perriman. Yeah, four <laughs> uh, four flex spots was probably a little too much, and I drafted like shit. But I digress. Mike, who are you starting at the running back spot this week? I am gonna start Brees Hall versus Cincinnati. I think Brees, Brees, Brees. Yeah, that's why. That's exactly it. He's got a cool name to yell. Um, <laughs> I just think, uh, I mean, he had a great week last week. He's your rookie running back. You drafted him for a reason. Since his defense has not been great by any means, I think they can get run on. And um, Brees Hall, I think I think after this week, he's a must-start every week, right? So, I, God, I hope so. Your mouth to God's ears. Did go. <laughs> yeah, he definitely, and he started to was on the field a little bit more than Michael Carter last week, so that that's encouraging. Who do you yeah, got? I have Damian Pierce. If the ten, if that's it, well, there's two reasons. So if that ten three is very likely, and it might be the case of that game, that bodes well for running backs in that game. Um, but secondly, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty Tim. I'm pretty sure you could probably either one of you could probably run for 200 yards on that Bears line right now. Anyone can run through it. I do. I have fears of them stopping the run all season. That's that failed physical um, is going to come back to haunt them. Oban Joby was that the guy's name from Cleveland that they tried to sign that they never could replace them. Yeah, I think that'll be a. I think that's going to be a, a black hole. For the Chicago Bears, don't get me wrong. I know Floozy is a defensive guy, and they they've they've looked decent. But the one thing they have not looked decent in is stopping the run. That's why I, that's why when you, we talked about Aaron Jones before, Aaron Jones broke out because he played the Bears. Well, I think we also probably played, you know, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. You know, I don't know if they're going to give Davis Mills the same respect, but they might. Well, to be fair, I don't know about you guys, but I can't name anyone in our front seven. I mean, now I can after two games, but going into week one, other than Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, I couldn't tell you who the fuck that is, dude. Angelo Blackson can take his fucking taunting ass somewhere fucking else, dude. I guess Dominique Robinson played pretty well, our fifth-round rookie out of Toledo. Yeah. But I don't know who the fuck these guys are, dude, and there's a reason for it. So, yeah, people are going to run through us all day. Our secondary is supposed to be our strong point, but our secondary is full of youth, and they need to grow and get more experience. So, yeah, that Bears defense is going to be not not good. So, if Damian Pierce is going to have a breakout game, why not let it be this one? I hope that's not the case, but why not it let be the, let it be well, this Well, he could one. have the breakout game, and they, the Bears could still win. It's true. For true. Season, so. True. Uh, for me, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna have a get right game for Rashad Penny. Uh, he had a poor game last week. He's got the Falcons at home this week. Start him for sure. Streets, you said it with your waivers. Pete Carroll's gonna want pound the rock. He's gonna pound it to Penny. Start Rashad Penny this week. I hope so. <laughs> Lean Mike, who is your running back sit? I'm gonna go with. Um... I'm going to go with someone you should have been sitting for the past 20 years, and that is any New England running back. Um, you just don't know, right? You just don't know. No one's off to a great start over there. They're playing Baltimore. I don't know. I just Do you feel comfortable starting Damian Harris or Ramondre right now? No, especially not Ramondre. 
Yeah, so I just like just I'm gonna sit New England running backs like you should have been for a long time and until you going forward, which is disappointing because I thought they both were gonna be really serviceable this year. Streets, who do you got? In a similar fashion, I have Chase Edmonds as my sit this week. Um, but I'm a, I I can include Mostert into that, and I probably wouldn't touch Dolphins backfield at all this week. Yeah, just a tough matchup. And I don't know how they're going to break out the workload and what's going to happen. There's too many variables to that in such a tough matchup. So I'm going to, I'm just going to skip over that Dolphins backfield this week. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to sit Antonio Gibson. The volume's there. He's uh, 12th in, att- in, in attempts, but he's only rushing the ball at a 3.1 average clip. Not not good at all. They're playing the Eagles this week. I think the Eagles are going to stop Washington, and I don't think Gibson's going to touch the ball the ball very many times. If you've got, obviously, running backs not a deep position, you drafted him high, you probably have to start him. But if you have other options on your bench, um, I, I'd look that way. I don't like Antonio Gibson at all this week. Yeah. This should be said. We try to if we're, we try to stay away from the guy, the top fifty players, right? If you dropped it, if you drafted a guy in the top fifty, you're playing him if he's playing. That's kind of just the name of the game. So you're going to see a lot of guys that aren't listed here, just in case. You should probably know that by now, but I'm just going to reiterate that just in case. Like these are your harder questions at the end of your rosters, flex spots, things like that. Yeah, these guys, guys like Zeke. Like I got to easily throw Zeke on here, but. You know. Zeke is the so that's the weird one though because he technically was like a top thirty-five pick. As sad as that sounds, maybe he was overdrafted though. I guess with even with Dak, there's a scarily he might have been overdrafted, right? It, Pollard just looks better. He's got stride and he's quick. He's got good <laughs> burst. He's quick and he's got a long stride. Pollard does look really good. But Pollard, but but Pollard looked really good last year too, yeah. and they didn't they didn't make that move last year. They're just paying Zeke a lot, right? So yes, they are. Yep. He's, and right. they ran him into the ground. To be fair to Zeke, to be honest, and he was good for a while. So he was. Oh, <laughs> a, a, absolutely, he was. Mike, who do you got as your wide receiver start of the week? A uh, guy I talked about earlier, um, Brandon Ayuk. I really like him with Jimmy G. I think Debo's going to have to run the ball a little more, and I think uh, I think Ayuk is going to be a baller with Jimmy G. I honestly think Ayuk's going to be a, a top 12 receiver by the end of the year. Boom. Love it. Full take. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to wait for you to post. If you, I'm going to wait for you to make like a big play this week and get that Undertaker Jif just fired up waiting. When he pops out of the <laughs> casket, because there's with Jimmy G, Ayuk is back. Um, he got eight targets last year, last week with Jimmy G. You know? I know. That's... <laughs> Although he's still, it's still not fair to say that he might not be with Lance, because that was just a disaster of week one weather. Uh, and unfortunately, he got hurt in week two, so we can't really blame him. But we do know what Jimmy G brings to them. My start, the the rookie, um, Drake London, like. Just anyone that's consuming that monster of a target share uh, as a wide receiver probably needs to be started. Yeah. I'm sure the Kyle Pitts owners would be um, a little happier if maybe a little bit of that target share went back to Kyle Pitts a little bit. Uh, But again, 
think I, I think I had when before the season started. I think I told you Kyle Pitts was being overdrafted, where he was going. I think I think Mike even said it too. Too many iffy things with that offense, and um, it was easy when there was no wide receiver on that offense for him to obviously get all those targets. But uh, anyways, Drake London is there. He's going to consume the, the the bigger load now, and I like him moving forward. All right. And for me, I'm going to stick with the Seattle Seahawks. I probably shouldn't, but I like their matchup against Atlanta this week. I like Tyler Lockett. I think he's a security blanket for Geno Smith. I, <laughs> I, I, I love, I, I love DK, but it's a tough matchup for him this week. And I think Tyler Lockett's that guy for Geno Smith. He was always that security blanket for Russ and he's going to provide the same for, for Geno Smith. He's got 135 yards on the year ready. It's good for 24th on the season. No touchdowns. Maybe he'll get the ball in the end. So he's only going to score six or seven on the year anyway. Uh, maybe this is the week he does it against Atlanta. I think that they're going to put up like 24 to 30 points. So someone's going to be getting the ball, and I think it's going to be a heavy dose of Rashad Penny, and then Smith's going to rely on Tyler Lockett as well. And then, Mike, who you got for your sit? I feel like I've said this again before, too, but I'm going to sit the Chiefs wide receivers, all of them, every last one of them. I'm not starting one of them. If you're starting one of them, you got bigger cojones than I do. You need one of those wheelbarrows that the Finns seem to need a lot of because I am not starting a Chiefs wide receiver, not one. Streets? You start – that's funny because I chuckled when you said Lockett. I'm sitting DK. Um, He's – Visibly frustrated out there. Uh, and like you said, tough matchup this week. I actually noted the name down so I don't forget it. AJ Terrell, tough matchup for him this week. Um, and Geno Smith, just – it, it's we did see DK look okay with Geno last year in those two games. So at some point I'm hopeful that DK could be like a borderline wide receiver two this season. Wide receiver three maybe. Um but right now, I just can't trust it. It's looked bad between the two of them so far through two weeks. So, it in a, in a position where I know I probably have somebody, like a Drake London, for instance, that I took later, uh, a few rounds later at that point, yeah, I'm starting him over DK. All right. All right. So then my sit at wide receiver, I, I had the same as Mike, Chiefs wide receivers, but I'm not going to be boring. I also you thought scary – I also thought Scary Terry might be a guy you might you might want to consider sitting. I personally wouldn't sit him. You probably don't have better options. I think Darius Slay is going to be a tough matchup for him this week. So additionally, on top of Scary Terry, is you won't sit him if you are a Jahan Dotson owner. He has gone off for double digits the last two weeks, 15-plus points. He will not do that a third week in a row. So I'll double down on my Washington – or, you know, sitting Washington. Play Scary Terry if you have him. You know, if you got – you know, that flex option to maybe start over him, consider it, but definitely don't play Dotson this week. Mike, who you got starting at tight end? You couldn't. Go ahead, Streets. I was going to say, you could probably to go into Kansas City, then you probably could say Green Bay also at that point. None of them. Or Bears. <laughs> you shouldn't own You probably – Dude, Darnell Mooney was a fucking a big Top get this offseason, like, dude. I know. Like, he was not, high not, on a lot of people's <laughs> Well, we didn't know. To be fair, there sh- they should have not thrown the ball it's 28 times so far this year. Like, they should be well over that. 
Darnell Mooney should have consumed a huge target share through two weeks already. Is the number hey, one. I saw a great. I saw a great tweet this morning. Cole Komet has as many fantasy football points this year as Rob Gronkowski does. Who the fuck would have thought that? And people were drafting Cole Komet like a, t- a top ten tight end and trying to trade for him in dynasty is like he was a top fucking eight tight end. Crazy shit, man. Wild stuff. Bears offense bad, bad through two games. And I got Justin Fields starting. That's why you don't <laughs> listen to me. All right, you listen to them, but. To be fair, I'm in the finals of our fantasy baseball league, and they're not. So it's this guy right here. Hey, I never claimed to be good at that terrible all-time game. I'm not good at it. I got lucky. I ran through streets. I didn't run through them. I got fucking base. I basically I got I got lucky on the last Sunday of the year that he kept a pitcher in, and I fucking snuck past him and whipping the RA, and I got by my guy Dan Mize and. I'm gonna get slacked on in the finals. Hey, so here to we be are. fair, bro, I haven't lost in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, you tied. That's right. That's true. Yeah, and in stupid baseball rules, if you tie, the higher seed wins. I'm like, I was the underdog. I should get bonus points for tying the big dog. Yeah, cover the spread or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cover the spread. Yeah, right? Right, right. What the fuck are you doing, Streets? Come on, man. My bad. I don't. That's just how it... Just kidding. People. I'll take I take a lot sure. of I take a lot of pride <laughs> that I'm in the finals of this. I hope I beat this guy. I won't beat him, but it would be dope if I did. Anyway, Mike, let's get the fuck out of here, man. Your tight ends, final start. Who do you got? Listen, this is a guy I was high on um, in the offseason. Maybe not high on, but I thought he deserved a little more respect on his name. He should have been at least a loaf of bread on the top 200, that's for sure. And I'm going to keep talking about him. I talk about him each week so far. And I'm going to say a guy with 20 targets through two weeks in in a potent offense. I'm taking Tyler Higbee. Arizona's also happens to be the worst team in the NFL versus tight end so far through two weeks. This seems like it almost seems too good to be true. So that's my only uh, waiver on that. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Street. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that was a shot at me. I'm pretty sure of it. He <laughs> <laughs> was not in my top 200, right? Um, he is now. Yeah. If I get to that point, he definitely probably had moved into that. Uh, my tight end start this week is going to be um, the Friar, baby. Big Pat. So you just said Higby has 20 targets, which actually leads all tight ends at this point for two weeks. Um, my guy Pat comes in at third with 17 targets through two weeks. We know Mitch um, likes to target his tight end. And I don't see that trend changing at all moving forward. Um, I think he's going to consume quite a big target share as long as Mitch is the quarterback in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with my guy, Big Pat, there. Yeah, this one, this one, I, I had originally taken Hayden Hurst. Um, I like that he was on your waivers. I've been, unfortunately, starting him in two um, in a 14-man dynasty league the last two weeks, and he's been pretty productive. So I was going to throw Hayden Hurst's name out there. I will also throw out a name that you're probably starting him based on where you drafted him. But Dawson Knox has done absolutely nothing this year. It's been a very wide receiver heavy offense with Diggs and Gabriel Davis in that first game. Uh, Knox only has five receptions on the year. So just like my logic with Fields, where I think Fields is going to have a good game, I think this is going to be a Dawson Knox coming out party. So if if you're thinking about benching him because he hasn't done shit, don't give him another week. Make sure you're playing Dawson Knox this week. Mike, who's your tight end sit? 
Um, I was going to say Cole Komet, but I guess we beat him to the ground this this pot already. Uh, I'll say TJ Hawkinson. And like you said, you probably are starting him based on draft because, I, I mean, he was probably, what, sixth or seventh off the board, maybe fifth even in some, some places. And um, he just – that offense is cooking, and he's just – He's just not. So I would say Hawkinson versus Minnesota. Yeah, streets. Yeah, I do kind of feel like we've um we have kind of just destroyed Cole Komet and the Bears at this point. Um <laughs> not Tim. Not Tim. He's saying start field, baby. <laughs> I think he's gonna have a good game. I'm not okay. saying like starting over guys like Cousins and Carr. I was just trying to go a little deeper on that shit. I'm just busting. I know. Job. I know. I'm in. I'm about to go put my Justin. I might sleep in my field jersey now. I'm fucking. I'm <laughs> stoked about that. We're gonna be two and one after three weeks, and then finish the year four and thirteen. So go Bears. Dar- Bears. Bears. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't. There's Kokomet was mine, but I do want to try to think if there's anyone as bold out there at this point that I don't like this week. Hawkinson is another one I don't like this week. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. You took it right off what I was going to say. I'm with Mike. Fuck TJ Hawkinson. That dude didn't produce the second half of last season, and he is not producing fucking this year's streets. You said it. Golf is locked on. I'm a Ron St. Brown. They got DeAndre Swift there. They got Jamal Williams there. Fucking Hawk is not doing shit. If you got another option, if you got a Hayden Hurst, if you got a Gerald Everett, start those guys. Put Hawkinson on your fucking bench until he proves otherwise. Yeah, that's the hard part with sitting tight ends, it it seems like, though, because if you drafted one in the top 80 picks at this point, like, I don't like Kyle Pitts at this point is look, it's just it's been bad after two weeks. But you used a third round pick on Kyle Pitts, right? You can't, you're not going to sit him, are you really? I mean, it, but I can make a case at this point though that if I had Gerald Everett, whew, it's something I would ponder uh, starting over Kyle Pitts at this point. Yeah, it's tight end is not a deep position. It's almost like you want to draft one of them early. Not not very deep at all. No, it's that's why you either stream it. You that's why this year I was all about the Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey in round two. I feel like it was the the one year I was like, you know what? I this is a position I just don't want to stream this freaking year. I'm gonna put these guys rank them here because I want this is where I'm gonna take them. And because of that, I have a lot of Mark Andrews and a lot of Travis Kelsey. Um, so I don't have to stream a whole lot of tight ends. And in the, the ones that I didn't take them in, I have a lot of Gerald Everton. So it hasn't been too bad for me yet. But, but yeah, you're right. It is a very thin position. It's a seven, eight deep. It's really just top three or four that are elite. And then after that, you have about three or four that are tier two maybe. And then after that, it starts to get a little iffy. So you are right. Zach Ertz is a tough matchup too this week. So that's another case where if I drafted Zach Ertz, pick 70, but I still had Gerald Everett that I got late, I, st- I might start Gerald Everett over Zach Ertz this week. Okay. The Rams do – the Rams defend the tight end really well. All rise. Aaron Judge is hit number 60. Uh-oh. 
Nice, dude. I love fucking that history shit, dude. 60 nowadays. It's a beautiful thing, dude. And uh, what is... And I'd like to see what Arise on Minnesota is doing because he was only one percentage point ahead of Judge going into the evening um, for batting average. And if Judge could pass him there, then Judge will easily get the triple crown this year, which would be nasty. Nasty, nasty. (laughs) Triple crown with 60 home runs? Shit. Disgusting. But all right, gents, anything fantasy football related you want to talk about before we get out of here? Yes. I want to say one more thing. So I'm in a waiver league and I hate waivers, but if you're going to have waivers, you should at least have it to where you only reset the waivers when you use your waivers. I'm in first place in that league. And now I'm the last place in waivers for, for the first two weeks. And I'm last each week in waivers and I didn't even use my waiver. And I find that to be Bush league. If you're going to have it, Fuck, man. Just don't – you shouldn't punish winning early. You shouldn't reward losing. That's it. Fuck waivers. Don't have them in general. Fuck waivers. Fab. All yeah, day. Waivers are brutal. I mean, I'm still in one that does reverse standings weekly. I hate that. It's so stupid. I mean, I, I like I'm – in, I'm in two waiver leagues, which is the absolute worst. Um, but one of them is like you only you, – you lose your waiver when you use it, you know? That's yeah. uh, if you're gonna do it. That's probably the best way to do it. That one's not as bad. It makes it. It makes. There's definitely some strategy. Do you want to use your waiver on this guy, or do you want to wait till after waivers and pick him up as a free agent and, and take the chance? You know. Then, you, if you do it that way, though, I still like the random order after the draft. Where they just randomize the waiver order instead of doing it like pick or something too. So. That's interesting. Yep. I've seen though. The, I've seen it where it randomized the guy who picked first got first in waiver. Fuck waivers. Fuck waivers, period. <laughs> Fab all day. It's, 20, it's 2022. There's no reason that your league should be having waivers. There's no reason that your league should be having kickers. And quite frankly, I'm on the verge of fucking getting rid of defenses altogether, too, dude. The de- fuck defense. Maybe IDP, but fuck defense, dude. Fuck waivers. Fuck kickers. Fuck defense. We're here for skill players. Give me an extra quarterback. Give me an extra running back. More wide receivers. I don't care. But I ain't fucking trying to see here with kickers and defense any longer, dude. It's a fucking crapshoot. Teams are allowing 600 yards. I've seen the Miami Dolphins defense get negative eight points for somebody this week. Like, why is the team giving you negative eight? Just fuck that shit. Get that position just out of fantasy football altogether. That's it. That's my little soapbox on that. Makes it easy. Yeah, I would prefer it. I, it's, it's easier for me sitting on my couch trying to keep score in my head of what I need. Like, I the yard thing... It drives me bonkers and DST. We, that's ours. That's the bear down one. Does yards and I can't stand it. I'm trying to track yards at the, like in the third quarter. Like, well, how many yards total right. yards did they move the ball? Right. <laughs> and and I got to ha- try to track points you in my ha- head. If you have defense, it should just be based off of just points. So yeah. like zero, zero to three points is 15 and or zero to six is 15. And then fucking to 13, is I don't know, you knock it down to seven or some shit. I don't fucking know, but it should be based just off of points allowed. Because at the end of the day, what's a yard? 
It doesn't matter. You can fucking move the ball into the fucking to the five yard line. Like look at Denver against Seattle. They were fucking within the 10 yard line three times. They walked away with zero points. But your fucking fantasy defense got penalized nastily for that. No sense, dude. Stupid as fuck. Yeah, I hate simplicity. Points at get make it so that you get a high scoring league, right? Like a PPR league. But make it simple. Simplicity. Like I do a lot, I go through a lot of analytics throughout the week. When I when Sunday rolls around, I just want to sit on my couch and watch the game and be able to calculate the score in my head. I don't want to go through advanced calculus to try to figure out what the score is in my matchup. Yeah, so that's that's gonna be my big push next year. Definitely get rid <laughs> of it in our dynasty that we're in. I'm gonna try to get Mike to get rid of it in the D Gen league that we're in and I think those are the really the only leagues I care about anyway. So fucking push them out of there and I'm good to go, dude. Um, that, that's that's all I got for the night, fellas. Anything else you guys want to wanna, spit on? Yeah. I want to shout out the, our new listeners from Boston. That we that from the Fort Myers airport. There you go. Shout out. <laughs> hey, I hope us, we were able to fix your tight end issue. Um, put us on while you're driving in the car. <laughs> Love don't mind fans. the bad accent, Love but yeah, shout out to them. Um, have, hopefully, have we you ever met, have you ever met people from other places that said you had an accent? Because I've met people in Florida, and they were like, "Oh, you're from Chicago. I hear you two three times." I'm like, "I don't know. I never heard it." I guess they're like, "Yeah, we could totally tell." I was like, "No shit." I yeah. get it. I get it all Maybe the time on the phone with GoDaddy. They're like, "Oh, you're from Chicago." And then, you know, I met hundreds of people doing this shit. And every time I talk to them right away, Chicago, huh? Chicago, huh? Yeah, I guess I'm fucking nasally. You've told me that for fucking years. I never know. Sausage, Bears, Ditka. Da <laughs> Bears. We're going to be two and one after Sunday. Start Justin Fields. Da Bears. Bears. You sounded almost a little bit like Wani there, too, on that accent. It did. Well, Wani's, Wani's from Pittsburgh, though. I know, so I but he never understood. I never got his Chicago accent because he is not fucking from here. So I think I there's does Pittsburgh have a thick accent too, though. Is that how it works? Is that or did he just end up with some weird accent? Some random I, guy from out of nowhere. I think did you not hear? With... Go ahead, go ahead Mike. No, 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 it's... no. Go ahead. I was gonna say, did you not hear when Brian Kelly went to LSU and all of a sudden he was doing y'alls and shit? Well, that's a way different story. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. as strange as it gets. That was Wani's playing up. to his crowd here. He's from Chicago. We want to hear him. You know, like it is what it is. You know, Barack Obama was an A's fan as a kid, and all of a sudden now he's here. He's a Sox fan. <laughs> you go there, you become what you are. That's why I never wanted to leave here because I don't want to become a new sports team fan. I don't want to raise my kids somewhere else. And they root for the other teams. <laughs> probably wouldn't be a bad idea with the teams that we get stuck fucking rooting for but i digress <laughs> fellas this has been a fucking an absolute blast thank you for joining me um for all you fans especially our new ones out in boston thanks for tuning in you can find the roto slappers podcast right here on floor slapper sports youtube floor slapper sports.com all audio platforms and the visionaries global media network Make sure you check check out FlourSlapperSports.com. Plenty of lists, rankings, awesome articles and blogs. Check it out daily for new content. Gentlemen, this has been a blast. Thank you for everyone who tuned in. We out. <laughs>